0: Connecting to the AOC Podcast Network. Enjoy your stay. Good morning. Um, good afternoon whatever time of day it is that you're hearing the podcast welcome to the Cadeau podcast um today my guest is Lisa Burke Lisa mm-hmm. is my friend and uh, an architect and um a dancer and the daughter of a daddy who dances <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for coming Lisa
1: You're welcome thanks for having me
0: Yeah um how long have we known each other I don't
1: hmm I would say, since I would say ten years. Okay. Since two thousand seven.
0: Seems like forever, though, huh? Co-
1: coffee shop, Bro Bridge. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And we we share coffee again today, huh? Uh huh. True. True. <laughs> of course. So, um, since we've known each other, you know what I'm about, and I know um, through your work that you're very creative, and that you are. Uh, an architect, and I can see your work. But we, we also are just like plain friends that have nothing to do with what we're about.
1: <laughs> do you think so?
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of cool.
1: I do too. It's like separate. Yeah, right.
0: So the reason I asked you to come today was so that we could talk about healing. Anything that you want to bring up, or that I might could think to ask. And um, we we started a project together that is. Not yet done. Ongoing. I have over a thousand wine bottles in my backyard that <laughs> <laughs> you've collected for how long? Long time.
1: Long time. Probably
0: as long as I've known you. Over six years now. And I want to install a labyrinth.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: why did you say yes to me to do that? all that work for nothing?
1: <laughs> I uh, What's wrong with you? I, like I that? took you on as a pro bono client because. There's something about the power of the geometry of the labyrinth. Yeah. And you really believe in this sacred location in your backyard. And you want to have uh, an open-door policy to people uh, who want to come and walk the labyrinth. And it's such a powerful idea to walk into a geometry and walk out of geometry. You won't be the same. It's the same as walking in and out of a cathedral.
0: Exactly. And, you know, we... uh you can't always explain this to people. And you also, I can't explain the whole aspect of creativity mm. because it's a really personal thing. So just the creativity of this particular project, I'm saving wine bottles mm-hmm. and I have six feet tall boxes of wine bottles stacked one on top of the other in cardboard underneath my carport. Right. And it doesn't look good. It's like Sanford and Son. And then people say, what are you doing with that? I'm going to make a labyrinth. Well, why don't you just buy stone? Or why don't you just plant plants? And I I can't explain that. Well, I want to do it with wine bottles because they used to use wine bottles as the edge of old um, flower beds in homes. And that the wine bottles are free. And that it's going to be... I can't explain because they still think my house is trashy. (laughs) (laughs) So we can also talk about not being able to explain creativity.
1: Yes, creativity is elusive and it's subjective. And so when you are in uh, an academic environment where you're uh studying in some way how to be creative, you really are uh say competing, but you are com- you know competing with yourself. You're right. challenging your own beliefs. And so although there are, you know, grades given in any given class, The the whole point of being an artist, being creative, is to uh, take the ideas that are in your head and express yourself somehow. And that's subjective. So you have this idea about collecting these bottles and marking your backyard as a place that's that's sacred. And so I think that's a beautiful idea. And so I took that as an idea. You had some other criteria, though. You wanted it to be accessible to someone, not... Just walking or crawling, but someone in a wheelchair. Exactly. So I basically started by uh, creating a layout of your, of your backyard and figuring out what our maximum dimension could be. And then I used that as a criteria to create a broad circular geometry. You would start in the perimeter and uh, engage with the circle between these wine bottles, and you progress all the way to the middle – where you basically can pause and then turn around and come all the way back out.
0: So I'm installing a simple spiral that is based on the geometry of the number 7, which is used at a place called the Temple of Goodwill in Brasilia by John of God. Now, I just knew that's what I wanted, but I didn't have the the expertise to put that into this shape and form. And so now the only thing I need... I have over a 1,000 wine bottles from my generous friends who drink. <laughs> <laughs> I have lots of generous <laughs> friends, and a lot of them drink. And I don't know if a lot of them drink a lot, but that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other story. And so now I'm at the place where all I need to do is have it installed and um, have it laid out, so it's really, really exciting. And So um,
1: we're waiting. We're being patient. Yeah. And we're waiting for that right person to come along and uh, it, look at the project and help with installation.
0: And then whenever that happens, we're going to have parties and I will cook and I will have people to come. We'll have like a house concert and during the house concert, we're going to drill a few holes in it, <laughs> and it'll grow by a few bottles every concert. So I'm like so excited about it and uh, been able to put the bottles in, uh, like milk cartons against the fence. So I don't have that. I'm not getting as much flack from people who don't understand that being creative is really messy. Absolutely. And and so when I'm done, I'll be able to invite you to come and for the first walk or something.
1: That'll be great.
0: So have you ever had the experience of walking a labyrinth or anything? I
1: have and, and traveling different places and it is very, uh, powerful idea i I love the idea of a portable one which i know you were involved with a portable one that could be brought from place to place but there is something different about engaging with one that is you know bound you know embedded into the earth either in stone or like this one will be with wine bottles
0: and it's almost like the cathedral of the pine trees in my backyard because it's it's encircled in that. That's really exciting. And so if people have never walked a labyrinth, they have a few here in Lafayette. There's one at Our Lady of Lourdes. There's one at Hospice of Acadiana. There's one on Jefferson Street, Mm -hmm. where it's Jefferson Boulevard before it gets to Jefferson Street. There's the one in Gran Coteau Mm -hmm. at um, the Spirituality Center. So it's a It's a way of walking as you walk into the labyrinth. You release what no longer serves you. When you're in the center, you connect to God like you have communion. However, it's just you and the supreme being, whatever you call God. And then when you come out to join community again, you can join in a better way or a deeper way because you're lighter because you've released and you can journal. So it's that kind of prayer. It's kinetic prayer, so that's exciting. Wow.
1: So where <laughs> did
0: you walk the furthest labyrinth you ever walked? Uh, from here, from Lafayette.
1: Oh, in, in France, traveling oh. in France. Did there. you go to Chard? Yes. Oh. It was a great day, just um, all the way to Chard. And you're not um, limited to you know, how long you can spend with it, which right. is pretty incredible. There's so many other... Monuments or places that you visit that you you're sort of pressed through like cattle, <laughs> but at Chart, uh, it's such a, a trek to take uh, from Paris to get out there, or at least when I was there, yeah, uh, there were not so many people that we were cattled through, and so I just got to spend a lot of time. And my interest is watching people interact with it for myself, yes, yeah. but then sitting and watching other people engage with it.
0: Because you can see them be moved.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, did you know that we brought the the labyrinth to St. Gabriel Cathedral? I mean, St. Gabriel Prison?
1: I did know that through someone else that you'd worked on the project with.
0: So we brought the labyrinth there, and it was a canvas portable labyrinth. And the first time we walked the labyrinth, Monsignor Legault from Chart was there.
1: Oh, Wow
0: and Lauren Arches from Grace in California who has done a lot to write and to uh, allow the labyrinth to be used as much as it is globally both of those people were with us at St Gabriel prison
1: That's amazing. And so you set it up temporarily?
0: Yeah, we bring the ca- we bring a canvas labyrinth and lay it out and, and the 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 inmates who could come would come and walk with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did that once a month maybe for uh, a few years. I, I really, I don't really remember. And and we were met with some sort of like, well, Skepticism. what are those ladies? What is this about? Even though it's on the floor of cathedrals, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily make the church connection. Sure. Because Labyrinth is not only a church connection, it's cultural. And so... That was just, uh, that's where I got to understand and experience and bring it to people who needed God but could have God through the labyrinth or they needed love or they needed the support of people outside of there. It was way powerful, so that's made me fall in love with the labyrinth Mm -hmm. as a a prayer tool, a practice tool, and, and want to have one in my backyard, so... Amazing. Oh, just, we've well, made a lot of progress, even if it's not ready <laughs> yet. <laughs>
1: well, designing, and you know, coming up with an idea, collecting the materials, actually designing it, reworking it, uh, documenting it. All of that takes time. People think uh, creativity happens in a flash, but a lot of it is giving it the space and time. So that so, it evolves in its in so, its proper way.
0: So creative people are not necessarily lazy and or spacey. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Becca. Um, right, <laughs> I have
1: had to come to my own um, forgiveness of myself about the creative process because uh, architecture is a combination of, uh, you know, it's done on a timeline. Yeah, and I find that when I m- focus on the calendar. My creativity dips down, but you've, you've got to, uh, give a, enough of a description to clients about how the process works. However, when I, when I can give myself the break to put it down and not look at it for a day or two or a weekend, and then come back to something often the thing I've been struggling with, it just poof, poof, disappears. The solution is right in front of me. It's probably always been there. Right, I just couldn't see it because I was struggling to get it on a calendar. Exactly, and when you can let go and let God, as people say, exactly. it's like to me, it's the universe is talking through me. Essentially, right. that's when my most creative things uh, come to me. But for many years, I was creatively blocked and felt stuck. People know writer's block,
0: right? Because you were trying to make it fit in the box of the business. Or the timeline or the earthly way we have to do it instead of letting the creative process do what it had to do and then bring it in. It's hard to marry those two things.
1: It's hard to marry those two things, but I had also in my personal life um, was in a situation where I let uh, what other people thought matter more than what I thought right? and felt as though um, other people's, judgment of my creativity was more important than my own process. And, yeah, Yeah. that's just not true. And when you can let go of that idea and come to be your own best advocate, that's when ideas just flow.
0: Like, yeah, like I've become my own project now. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I have this belief that creativity itself, is going to bring to us all the solutions that we need in everything.
1: That's true. I
0: I agree because creativity is inspired work. Yes. Okay. And inspired means in spirit. Mm-hmm. So for those who understand spirit through the Holy Spirit or or God or love or the universe, it's like We don't do things so that it can fit, so it can be a certain thing, or so it can serve a specific purpose, maybe. When you start a project, it takes upon itself its own life. Yes. Sometimes it's way more than we ever thought it would be, and sometimes it's not half as much as we thought it would be. But it's the whole investing in inspiration and creativity that we will be able to Look beyond and actually solve everyday problems.
1: Yes, science is is creative. You know,
0: it's totally technology so it's is cooking. creative. Cooking, cooking is creative. Is an art. <laughs> Healing it's all
1: art. It's all art. It's all and and getting out of your own way. You right. know, you become a vessel for bigger, broader, expansive ideas, and, and that you are you become the vessel and the means to expressing it and documenting it.
0: How do you see art? I see art as relational, hmm. like I'll you explain. have perspective, and the and and this and that, and you. It's the relationship between the space and in between the space and the the labyrinth and the location is is relating to the trees. So it's also art itself is is creative, but it's it also also creative in a relationship way. True, and and I think that creativity can help us in our relationships.
1: Yes. Not yes. just
0: in in art as putting things but in how we relate. I don't know, it's just really cool.
1: In terms of relating with other people, how often is it it's so easy to get into a pattern and a decided way that something you are invested in in a certain outcome and when you can let out of a let go of a certain outcome. Uh, totally. What can come your way is powerful.
0: And, and as a creative person, if you're creating things or doing art or doing buildings, and they all look like a cookie cutter of what you did before, then your creativity is doesn't have a place to go.
1: It can be stifled. You can
0: exactly. just
1: exactly like rehashing the same ideas or the same pattern, same schedule. Um, yeah. And so, oftentimes, though, as humans, we but we human, get in our own way and we get stuck.
0: Right. I remember wanting my son to be an architect because he has so much to offer and he's and he's so creative and he's so talented and he has so much energy and he just got a degree in general studies but I think he is sort of the architect of his own world now mm-hmm. and he's building things that are going to help the world that's bigger than him mm-hmm. so in a way I maybe he is and always was the architect even though he that's not what he studied I don't think I ever told him what I wanted him to study because that wouldn't...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might not have helped, right? It would not have, have But helped. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. Yes, when
1: you study architecture, they say, you know, you look to the left, look to the right. Those people won't be there when you graduate, and that's true. Right. But you have to remember you're on someone's left and you're on someone's right. And so um, finishing architecture school, I graduated from USL prior to Ula La La. I was um, on, graduated on time, which sounds, you know, what's the big deal? But in architecture, as a five year program at the time, not many people graduated on time. And so I did. But it was really about staying focused. And the thing that helped me through it the most was having a good foundational background so that my core curriculum classes were manageable. And that I could spend the time with design, which was really quite difficult. I have to say, some of the most very, most talented designers didn't finish. So being talented as a designer doesn't mean you're going to finish the degree. Exactly. (laughs) So it's one of those interesting things about uh, practice.
0: I have a story, a cousin who was uh, uh, in architecture at, at USL, and he... And he got a degree. And he told me this, and I'm going to share this story, and you can help it make sense and it not be a slam on anything or anyone. He said, I'm fixing to do my senior project. And he said, I'm going to do a senior project about making this building that we're in a shelter for the homeless people. Mm -hmm. But he said, it's not going to pass because nobody cares about the homeless. And I'm thinking, well, why do you want to do that? But you'd have to know what a wonderful man he was. He isn't living anymore. He cared about the homeless. He cared. And, and he wanted to do that. So he took what was the Southern Pacific Depot, which is where AOC is located today, mm-hmm. uh, the Rosa Parks Transportation Center, all the things that are in here. And he didn't pass. Really? Yeah. But he knew he wouldn't. And I'm like, and then the next year he was also a DJ. Okay. And the next year he designed a club and he passed. So there is even some creative limits on what the world is gonna invest in, even as for him I saw it even in art in architecture. It's like nobody cares about this um but he, but he did pass what he did a, a club. Well, you could also
1: say that he had decided before he even did the project that it wasn't going to pass. But so I there's, a, there's some self-determining energy in that, which can't know. be denied.
0: I don't know if he was saying that he wasn't going to pass because of his work. He just didn't think anybody would be interested in designing something for the homeless people. Interesting. I don't think he felt that he... It wasn't his work. It was his, his topic and his project on focusing on homeless. And the next year, he didn't have any more expertise. It passed. I think that's interesting.
1: It can be uh, one of those things that you um, that our own perception of something you know clouds, and it's hard to see it for what it is. Certainly, when I was going through, there were projects that people um, put up for thesis review, and. Um, the more they push the envelope, the more it's harder to uh, to check the boxes on the list, exactly. which say you know yes and no or pass and fail. Um,
0: and maybe that's what was going on. Who knows? I have no idea. But the thing is, you had a vision or you could see what my vision is and you could do this. But it doesn't necessarily mean it would have been a project. To serve the public, that would have been easy for you to use as a senior project. I don't know. It was about the. Th- it was about h- what he was focusing on, and he just made a statement. And he had to focus, do what he could to help those people in his own heart. Sure. And he wasn't disheartened when it wasn't a feta complete. He was happy to do a club. He said, "I know this didn't work." Wow. Yeah. I just, such well, a- I would.
1: I guess I would say in my. You know, in my professional life, uh, the equivalent of that is, what will the bank loan money for?
0: Exactly. You
1: know, it becomes... That's all um, part of art and In my residential practice, uh, I've, I graduated from uh, USL in, with a professional bachelor's degree. I have not gone on to become licensed um, so in fact, when you say I'm an architect, that's really not technically true. Ooh, misnomer. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm a residential designer and, uh, the first, very first firm that I worked in for about six years, uh, we did beautiful custom giant homes and I learned a lot. And, si- and since then I've gone on to work in construction and, um, as a supervisor and a project manager and then now in my own residential practice, I tend to gravitate towards projects or clients gravitate towards me that are interested in building a space, designing and building a space that serves their needs, that supports their life rituals. So much. So
0: you're serving in a greater way. Sure.
1: The tagline is design a space for your life. You know, and it is it is a privilege. Uh, and it's not to say that all of my clients are wealthy. My, cl- my clients are the ones that are willing to... Um, be patient with the process. And so oftentimes that comes up when you're designing a project is, what does it cost? You know, how much time will it take and what is the quality? And so if you make, draw a triangle on a piece of paper and put each of those at one of the corners, what I say to my clients all the time is you can only have two. You can never have all three. Right. And so it's a metaphor for your life. You know, the more time you put into something, maybe the quality is going down or less time you put into something, maybe the quality is going down or all right, you don't have a lot of money. Well, then you've got to be very patient with your time. And so, um, try to remind myself all of the lessons that I give to my clients about finding the balance, finding the balance that's right for you.
0: So it's time, quality, and what was the third one?
1: Time, quality, and money. Money, oh yeah. Oh yeah, money. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I didn't have. One one of those elusive things. That's
0: money. okay, but that's okay.
1: But what's interesting is I've recently been uh i recently launched a website for my business and in doing it I did uh, a marketing course online. And one of the things that they were talking about was showing your onlyness factor, show, showing what makes you unique. Um and in oh, yeah. writing the text for the site that um highlights the things that make you different as a professional. And so one of the things... you look at yourself.
0: Absolutely. In a way you maybe never had. Correct.
1: And so one of the things I had to do was sort of like decide, okay, well, who, who aren't my clients? And then who are my clients? And I realized one of the things that comes up so many times is that people will ask if I draw house plans, which is a common phrasing used in this area. And I've decided that my answer is no because what that usually means to people is that they've bought property in a subdivision and that they want, you know, they have a certain look that they've got to stick to. And I had to really face myself and decide I'm not good at that. I And I have uh, a lot of other colleagues that are great at it. Uh, they understand it. They uh, work well with those kinds of restrictions. And I, I had to release the idea that, that work was not my work. And so I've been referring away a lot of those projects. And I realized I had to decide what was the beautiful thing about it. The beautiful thing about living in a subdivision is that at the end of the day, you leave work, you're headed home, you turn onto your street, and everyone's lawn is manicured, right? And there's a harmonious idea that you have literally escaped uh what is maybe a crushing work environment and gone into this place that is a retreat, right? And that that for a lot of people, there is so much clutter in their minds and in their bodies that is an external... Uh, the expression.
0: Order
1: the order yeah. is a absolute relief that the colors blend, the roofing blends, and everyone has a similar proportion, and that is their happy place. And how beautiful is that? And I have several colleagues that do a great job of that. Right. And my happy place is a client that can tell me mm-hmm. they collect Shakespeare, or that they have family over for huge meals once a month, or that they travel, or that they bought a beautiful piece of property and they can't wait to live out there and they're a mourning exactly. person. That's enough for me. Let's get going. And so right. it's really interesting in in finding who you are and accepting what you're good at and that that is part of that creative process. It is right. part of tapping into my own spirituality to know where my place is and what my purpose is.
0: So as you talk about your uh, early uh beginnings in your training and where you are and and how you do your work. What allows you to do your work is somehow along the way you got to know who you are. Yes. And that's necessary for people who do healing work.
1: Absolutely.
0: Because if I know who I am and I can see what is good in me and what I no longer need in me, the more I release what doesn't serve me, the more I can serve people who come. That's beautiful. The same thing with you. Absolutely, yes. It's the same thing with all of us. So how has your spiritual life, well, I mean, I can just see because you just said, but if you want to own that for yourself, how has your spiritual life or your prayer life or how you perceive things changed up to this date? that that brings you to understand healing in the way that you do.
1: In in my own uh, work, in my own practice, um, the biggest thing that I've done to allow my work to grow is the same thing that has allowed my spirituality to grow, and it's letting go of judgment. Exactly. And just embracing love. And so when I'm judging myself, I'm judging someone else too. And so... Wherever someone is at, you've got to meet them where they're at. That's my clients. That's the guy on the yoga mat next to me. <laughs> that's the, Right? It's right. my friend. It's my parent. It's my lover that I'm meeting them where they're at at that time. Let go of the judgment. And it's easier said than done. It's a daily I, practice.
0: You. So when you don't judge, you also release expectations. Mm-hmm. So if you don't judge and release expectations of the people and the things around you, then you can focus more on creating in your work is that
1: absolutely and the, and you know I think the back story of that is uh, it's easy to think well then no one is responsible and, that, and that's not true the the um, when you can let go of judging others and number one focus on yourself and you really understand, that what other people think about you isn't really any of your business.
0: Oh, my goodness, yeah.
1: And that's a tough thing in, uh, in our culture, right? It's a tough it's thing also, anywhere in the world. It's
0: also a tough, a tough thing in business and in competition mm-hmm. because it's set up that you have to compare yourself to the competition. And, and what you speak and what you have lived and what you're putting out in the world is that there is no competition.
1: There's no competition.
0: So you can um, embrace the people who do what we consider suburb work or subdivision work or maybe even cookie-cutter houses, which is not necessarily a, a good thing for some people, but if... But it's a beautiful thing and it's necessary for somebody. I think so for you the don't... people
1: who who can afford that and it means they have a roof over their heads that they take pride in and come home yeah. at the end of the day and love their family, There's That's no, like, there aren't any no bad projects. projects. Exactly. No judgment. And that kind of release means that you are opening yourself to all that is possible. right? You let go of the idea That's that true. things need to be done a certain way.
0: And sometimes when we... When we take a path that's different from the regular path, the normal path, the expected path, like you would be maybe expected to by this time be have your uh,
1: license, yes. licensure, yes. Well, you mm-hmm. didn't
0: do that, okay. But then you don't have to make people who do get their licenses seem like they're less than you or more conformist than you. It's just it's, it's just, just a, a different path.
1: It's just a different path, you know. Yeah. Everyone uh, has to decide for themselves what's what's their way. And you may be three steps into a path, 20 steps into a path, 20 years into a path, and decide it's not right for you. And it's never too late to change course right? and readjust.
0: But it's difficult because when you go on a different path you are now leaving people that were on that path with you.
1: Ah, very true.
0: And if you have to leave someone that's on a path with you for 20 years, there's some grief there.
1: For sure. But then yes.
0: the people you meet on the new path more than make up for any loss, and then it just works. How? What would you like to share in terms of do you ever get on a yoga mat?
1: I do. It's- so
0: what things have come to you that have allowed you to to get to clarity and that have been healing for you that you might want to share with other people
1: i i guess the biggest thing i would say is that there's no there's no right way and there's no one way right i've had clarity moments reading a self-help book, I've had clarity moments listening to a podcast, I've had clarity moments (laughs) drinking coffee, journaling. And when I'm struggling with something, that's my first three questions. When's the last time I meditated? When's the last time I opened up my journal? When's the last time I got on a mat? And often if I'm really struggling, it's because I haven't done any of those things in the last day or two or seven or 14. And that's a problem. And so my way right now is those three avenues. And so uh, this incredible thing we call the Internet means we can be exposed to ideas in different ways. I've always embraced the idea that people learn in different ways. Right. Some people are auditory learners. Some people are visual learners. Some people learn in their body by doing. And so that's what's fantastic about uh be practicing yoga, being on the mat—it's physical; it's in your body. Right. So, it's great about meditating—is that it's breath and releasing things out of your body through breath. And that's the great thing about journaling—it's tactile for me; it's visual and it's touching something.
0: So, this is this is your practice. This is your spiritual practice. So, doctors practice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Catholics practice. Mm-hmm everybody has a practice whether they realize it or not and so as a as a doctor you can meditate and you can do journaling and you can do yoga you know mm-hmm. and as a catholic we can incorporate some of those things that we tend to put outside of the box of a religion right and it can enhance our our lives so we can look from what I hear you saying is you have personal practices that enhance your spirituality, your healing, and give you clarity at your work.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And they didn't necessarily come from the religion in which you were based or from this culture. That's true. So we can incorporate in our culture and in whatever we bring to the table new practices that can sustain us.
1: Yes, I think for most people their religion is their spirituality and they see them as one idea. Right. And I think as uh as I get older and and learn more, um I what comes to mind is you never you never stop being a student. Right. And so in doing that, I've been able to let go of the idea that there's one right way and I've been able to have uh, a clear understanding that a religious practice can be separate from a spiritual practice, but they can also be the same thing. And so Again, for me...
0: different paths and not judging. I correct. I see that.
1: Right. So for many, many years, I didn't have a clear spiritual practice. Right. And I uh, suffered. I also... You know, tired of suffering. That's true. <laughs> uh,
0: one of the things that I see now as a student of anthropology is that we often cannot separate culture from religion.
1: It's very difficult.
0: I was born and raised in Scott. Mm -hmm. That means I had to grow up Catholic Mm -hmm. because there wasn't much else there. That means I had to grow up speaking French because everybody did. Mm -hmm. That means I went to a small school because it was a small school. But as time passed, Scott became Acadiana. Mm -hmm. We have more than the Catholic Church in Scott— and and the culture has so changed that my grandpa and my grandma and all of that generation were farmers, and now we don't have that. Right. So as the culture has changed, so has the religion that was associated with that culture. So when we talked about, I mean, my, my grandpa knew everything. He went to church, but he also knew the earth, mm. and he also knew and live by the moon and planted by all of that. And and today we don't have that same natural connection that we did a few generations ago. So we need a, a unique practice that 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 can sustain us today because the life is so different.
1: That's a beautiful way of looking at it. I, I also think, too, the pace of life that we keep versus the pace of life 100 years ago when my grandparents would have been born or... Yeah. or if, Later on when my parents are born, it's just a different pace and the the time it would take for our grandparents to get up and start their day and track the sun to work the fields, uh, to right. harvest we don't we are uh, separate most of us are separate from that cycle of the bounty of the earth
0: right. And, and that think,
1: in itself is a spiritual practice. As
0: a, as a child, I'd go spend every weekend at grandpa and Girl Moms in the country. <laughs> My grandma would wake us up at 5 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. if it was Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we could have breakfast and go back to bed. We'd have coffee, milk, and toast mostly. Go mm-hmm. back to bed so we could go to Mass at 8 o'clock and receive communion because you used to have to fast. Have to fast. But so she would give us coffee and we'd go back to sleep. That doesn't make sense, but we did that. Okay. <laughs> and every day that it was not a Sunday, you took a nap. Right. She took a nap, girl-pop took a nap, and when the kids were there, we took a nap. Well, they didn't say nap, you had to rest. So they had siesta. They had mm-hmm. a break from the morning work and the evening work, and they had morning and evening work. Yes. And, you know, there was three meals a day on the table, and... Um, there was a, a rhythm, a rhythm to that. And so we need to adapt to the new rhythm because we don't have those same earthly connections.
1: We don't. And it, and it very much is one of those things that you, if you uh, think about um, how much we get bombarded with ideas um, and imagery and movement, um, it's just It really is just a much different way of life. You know, the idea of being in the car every day for an hour going somewhere, that just was not a part of their lives. No, I mean, so our bodies even absorb all kinds of energy and rhythm and and, so and frequency why. that wasn't there before.
0: You have a practice of journaling, which brings in a creative aspect, and you have yoga, which takes care of your physical, and you have meditation, which is the you know i can see where you would need these practices to sustain in this world because we don't live naturally connected to the natural world that the last generation did so as we take culture and we take religion and we take the way of life they have to change every once in a while
1: yes it's you know? true
0: and and so we're the ones who who have to connect with that in such a way that we can um, sustain our hearts and who we are as people so we can make the effort to stay loving and compassionate like we were taught in basic catechism or basic brotherly love from Philadelphia or living in a global community. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, the whole point of having a personal practice is that you can quiet your mind, you know, and open your own pathways, you know, so that you can connect with people in a meaningful way.
0: And you can bring balance into your life. Those three Mm -hmm. things you talk about Mm -hmm. at your work is something you also uh, apply in your daily life. Yes. Wow. So when you get out of balance, you have a way to get back in. Yes. Instead of staying out of balance for... As long a period of time as when you didn't have this practice.
1: Yes. It's funny. I was visiting with a friend recently and they were talking about a situation and it was so clear to them just two weeks later what had really been going on, you know. Right. And I I thought it was so interesting because that same person in that very similar situation a couple of years ago, it would have taken six months. A, you know, a year to have that kind of clarity, right? So it's something that we're all uh, coming to when you can know yourself, as you said before, yeah, and tap the- back in, is that finding the clarity in individual moments is becomes easier when I am kind to myself. Exactly. When I'm good to myself.
0: It's love my neighbor as myself for the love of God. That's just a, a, a truth. Yes. Yes. Wherever you got it, it's it's how you live it.
1: That's how you apply it.
0: And and what was the Oracle of Delphi? Was know thyself.
1: Know thyself.
0: You know, and that was like way before we knew the religions of today. The truth maintains through the generations, and it's how can we come to that truth for ourselves? Very true. Wow! <laughs> wow! I didn't know we had so much in common.
1: <laughs> how do, how do you get back to balance?
0: I I have this little circle, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, and, uh, I divide it into four. I saw Elizabeth Kubler-Ross once. She spoke in Baton Rouge. She taught a lot about death and dying. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And um, she said, you balance work and play Mm -hmm. and rest and play. Mm -hmm. And you just keep those in balance. Now, if I need to sleep six hours a night, eight hours a night, it's not... Some undetermined number of hours, but I need to make an effort to maintain my rest. I need to play as hard as I work, mm-hmm. not necessarily as long, mm-hmm. you know. And I need to, as a creative person, when you work, sometimes you work, you have to stop working because you can just the drive and the the excitement. So it's it's balancing that, and I need to know what my prayer practice needs to be. And so when one gets too long or one gets omitted or one gets too short and you can feel it, then I go back to the little circle and see what I need to do. And if I can practice and understand how much I need to stay rested enough or pray enough or play enough, then the work is so much easier.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: So that's my, and if I do that, the, in the middle of it, I will stay centered. Mm-hmm. And it's about uh, centering. the. We had something years ago when my children were little, that like 40 years, whatever, centering prayer, which was uh, by Basil Pennington, who was a Catholic priest, who was bringing meditation uh, into the daily lives of Christians because even forms of prayer we think only go with this religion or that, mm-hmm. but they're all the same.
1: They are all the same. Yeah. They are all getting back to that
0: centering, knowing centering. yourself, and mm-hmm. being compassionate.
1: I have a, a a good friend years ago that when I was living in California, and she was in, uh, hired a uh, something called a life coach, which I didn't know what that meant in nineteen ninety nine two thousand. And it was really fascinating to hear the kinds of things they spoke about, and so many of them stuck with me, and so. One of them was, she sits down with this life coach and he draws a circle, much like you described, and he made, I want to say his pie had six pieces. Uh And so the first one, he, just by knowing her, just from a brief consultation, he says, the first one is work. Oh, okay. She says, what are your five work goals? Oh, no problem. One, two, three, four, five. No problem. Okay. Second pie is financial goals. Oh, okay. Okay five financial goals for now, five financial goals for your retirement. Oh, okay. So halfway through the pie. She's so good. All right. We're great. And then he says, the next one is the body, your own physical body. What are your goals for your body? Uh, lose weight. (laughs) And he said, okay. So he wrote that down. The next goal is, you know, so in other words, he kept, going through and by the time they got to the end and was what what were your what are your spiritual goals she just didn't even know what to say and he said okay you already know about your work you already know about your money right now and you already know about your money for years to come what you don't know about is your body and your spirituality and your emotional balance yeah and so your mind body spirit is the side that you're weak on that's where your work lies and she went in thinking she was going for like time management and her work and he said, you don't need time management. You need to balance out what you're not doing at work and make it as much of a priority as what you are doing at work. And so just what you said. But I thought it was really interesting because it's a way of getting people to see with their own words where their priorities are. Because people yes. can say, my mind, body, spirit is a priority. What are your goals? I do have Okay, well, you know, that means something.
0: And when we talk about um, balancing we don't know what we need to balance. You might need to sleep 10 hours a night. Somebody might need to sleep 5 and somebody 7. So we can't say the way to balance is to read an article and do what they say. No. He allowed her to find out to, for herself. For herself. And that's what this little, you know, yeah. And then you make a priority to remain in balance.
1: Yes. And maybe maybe you realize in knowing yourself that you need 10 hours of sleep in winter. And in exactly. summer, you only need six. You, you need know, jobs. maybe maybe it plays in with how your body relates to uh, the climate. And so, you're right. Reading a self help article maybe is a great way to get started on something like the ten best ways to know thyself. You know, it's it's just a it's just a planting a seed. Exactly. All of the work is in you, but all of your all of the answers are inside of you. Exactly. You've got to have a way to mechanism to get to it.
0: Because if you don't go within, you go without. Oh, that's good. I like that. Is is there anything you'd like to say that's not so tacky or cheesy to end our talk today? Thank you for coming. I would
1: say that uh, love is the answer.
0: Exactly.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for coming. Let's do it again. It was fun, yes. Okay. Thank you for listening to Le Cadeau Podcast. I'm your host, Becca Begno. Matt Roberts produced the show. Thanks to AOC Community Media for the use of their facilities. For information about AOC, you can visit AOCINC.org. Thank you very much. Merci beaucoup.
1: The views and opinions expressed on this or any program on the AOC Podcast Network do not reflect the views and opinions of Lafayette Consolidated Government, Cox Communications, LUS Fiber, AOC Community Media, its board of directors, or its staff. To learn more about becoming a community media producer, visit us on the web at aocinc.org.